uh, from mm. Americans and from America, but again, also because they were racially so different, um, more like African Americans than like European immigrants. So it's so it's racial and it's cultural and it's ideological and it's the full spectrum of things to be <laughs> anxious about. Absolutely. Throw economics in there too. Yeah, it's pretty yes. much everything bundled into one. Right. Um, well, so let me ask you a question that's more geographically based. We're focusing so far, we've been talking about the Mexican border. Does that border stay a, a leaky border? I mean, so the, does the back door kind of become a leaky front door? Absolutely. And over the course of the early 20th century, there are U.S. agents paying informants for any information about Chinese who are, are landing in Mexico and, and moving north. And there's also a system of patrolling the border. So we do see an increase in the border patrol from just three officers patrolling the Mexico-California border in 1891 to over 80 by the early 1900s. So it sounds like part of what we're talking about on the border between the United States and Mexico, we've been focusing, obviously, on the story of Asian immigrants trying to get across. But surely there were Mexican people trying to get across, too. How does that play out? So one of the ironies of the Chinese Exclusion Act is that it does ban one group at the same time that there is such immense labor needs in the Southwest. This is a time period when the railroads are continuing to be built. Lumber is continuing to be milled. Um, this is the birth of the great agricultural empires in California and, and many other states. Chinese had provided the labor in all of those industries when they become excluded and when other Asians become excluded, this is when we start relying on Mexican immigrants. And so this, there's a tacit hmm. and maybe also explicit understanding at the border that we need them as laborers. And because hmm. the U.S. Um, government is getting pressure from Southwestern employers to keep those gates open to Mexican laborers. Wow. So let me let me take us for a moment away from the border and take us mm -hmm. into the United States. Um, so let's say we're focusing on uh, some Asian immigrants who are illegally in the United States, but they're in the United States. Are they living in fear? Are they afraid that they're going to get caught and sent back across the border? Or do they assume that once they've crossed that border, that they can sort of incorporate themselves in and, and it's not, they're not living in fear so much? It's absolutely a life under the shadows. And I'll never forget this this one immigration file of a young Chinese-American man in San Francisco. He's suspected of, of coming in under fraudulent pretenses. The immigration service has, has um, placed him under surveillance. They catch him unawares uh, coming to work at a Chinese restaurant. He's a low-level Chinese restaurant cook, and he runs for his life, uh, but he leaves his wallet behind. And I remember opening up an immigration file and his wallet falls out and there oh, was no gosh. money in it. And I'm just thinking, you know, what he must have had to live the rest of his life 
you know, just fearful that any 